Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. The Parting Shots Podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Downloaded today, available for iOS and Android users in your app store. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. On this edition, we're talking the Route 7 College Hockey Rivalry. It's time for RPI and Union to face each other this weekend in ECAC hockey play. The Dutchman hosts Friday's game and Saturday's rematches at RPI. For the first time in many years, RPI is the favorite to win this series and repeat as Capital Skates Trophy champion. The engineers are 2-2, while the Dutchmen are off to an 0-6 start. We'll have interviews from both teams. Union beat writer Mike McGannon joins me now. And, Mike, welcome. And uh, I really think Union is, in, Union is really in serious trouble, especially after getting blitzed 11-1 combined score against UMass uh, last weekend. Before we get into that, I just want to say there's a little symmetry in my life because I watched. I went to Buffalo for the uh, Dolphins-Bills game. I'm a Dolphins fan last week. And uh, currently the team I cover and the t- team I follow in the NFL have identical records 0-6 which is not a great place to be, at least from the standpoint of being a Dolphin. I just wanted to sneak that in there. Okay. Um, but, but, but you had a good time. Absolutely. We saw Dan Marino on the field, and it was just like I told everybody, it was fun to, to sit in the middle of 70,000 uh, Bills fans who were not feeling very comfortable for a couple quarters. That, okay. that was hilarious. Okay, you're going to be sitting in front of a – with a <laughs> close of 2,000, almost 2,000 your closest friends Friday night at Mesa Rink, and right. maybe over 4,500 at uh, Houston Fieldhouse on Saturday what is the feeling right now? As I said, Union was outscored, outplayed 11-1 to at UMass last weekend. It just it seems like they really took a step backwards last week. Well, weekend. and that's exactly what Darian Hanson, their goalie, said and co-captain. He said a couple days ago, he said, that, you know, they made some progress. There was some, some um, tangible progress that they saw out of the Northeastern games, even though they lost both of those. But then he said they took a step back last week. Now, um, it's funny because Rick Bennett uh, told me yesterday that um, he actually felt like, from a scoring chance standpoint, they did a little better in the UMass game, despite what the score looks like. And scoring chances is, is wonderful and everything, but unless you're putting it in the back of the net, it doesn't really mean a lot. And they're really not putting it in the back of the net. I mean, I, I was kind of doing a little comparison. Now, they've played six games. RPI RPI's played four. And uh, let's see, Union – through six games, Union has six players with at least one goal. They only have two players with two goals, uh, Sam Morton and Sean Merritt Harrison. And they their top point man is Anthony Rinaldi with three in six games. I mean, that's insanely anemic and a total desert drought from an offensive standpoint. They're going to have to figure out a way, hook or by crook, to get something past the RPI goalie, whoever that may, whomever that may be, which um, we don't know yet. But yeah, it, was, it, it doesn't matter. They need to beat somebody. Yeah, we'll address that a little <laughs> later with Dave Smith, the RPI head coach. Uh, it, to me, I don't know how, what Rick Bennett is seeing, especially the Friday night game. Union only had two shots in the third period, and they were down 3-1 to one going into that third period, and they gave up two quick goals. And, in fact, if you include the, th- the late goal they gave up in the um, second period, they gave up three goals in less than a, than a time span to turn that game around. Yeah, and that's a really um, bad sticking point for them. Uh, Darian Hansen said they like to 
to uh, to win the first three minutes of every period and the last three minutes of every period, and they were absolutely terrible in that regard. They, you know, they were looking at a two-one game, which wasn't you know the end of the world going into intermission, and then they let one in. Um, 10 seconds left in the period. There's a big difference between two to one and three to one. And amazingly, you know, we thought that 21 to two shot disparity in the second period against Boston University was bad, but they actually outdid themselves in the third period on Friday against UMass. 22 to two, you're just not going to ever win with, with, I don't care how good the shots are or how poorly or well goalies are playing that that's just really impossible to overcome. If you think you're going to win a game, I mean, their offense is really, really, uh, just awful. Right I mean, now. Union only had in the two games had 32 shots on goal. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where the offensive chances are. You know, they're seeing where the offensive chances. Let's put it this way: Union women outshot the men this past weekend. All right, I'm not going to get into <laughs> not going to get into relativism <laughs> here because it's sort of apples and orangey at this point. But beyond the 32 in two games, which is awful enough. Again, we go back to the disparity. It was 85 to 32 in favor of UMass, and that's just an avalanche, and you're you're just a small little tree on the hillside. The Union women had 31 shots in goal in their Friday game against Lindenwood. What is that? I mean, I know. I, I, don't, I don't want to get into the insult mode, <laughs> no. but maybe it says something about the difference between the Lindenwood women and, and the UMass men. And, again, granted, UMass is a very good team. And, yeah. and, uh with a lot back from a, a national championship runner-up last year. And as we said, I mean, Union has been struggling. I mean, what, as I, I, do, I, I know I think that the fact that I think they are the underdogs for the first time in a long time in this series. I asked a lot of people that question this week and got kind of mixed reaction, as you might expect. But the funny thing is, when I first posed it to uh, Rick Bannett, he, you know, he kind of answered a different question by saying, well, we haven't even talked about RPI yet with our team yet, which really wasn't what I asked. I said, are you guys the underdog this year, you know, which is atypical for this matchup, you know, for this series. And then he kind of answered it later again. You know, he got back to it after he was answering another question. So, wait a second, back to your original question. Yeah, of course, we're the underdogs based on their records. Now, whether the players want to admit that or not, um, that's a different story. And even the RPI guys, you know, are saying all the right things about nobody's ever an underdog in this in this series because both teams bring it every time. It's always a battle. It's always fun to watch. And and there, historically, you can't really put a lot into it. And we can go straight back to last yeah, to year to for the perfect example of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to bring that up. I mean, the RPI won in that uh, two-game series last year without a win. Our union was unbeaten at that point. And lo and behold, RPI ends up, you know, taking both games and really put union season in a spiral because they means we're inconsistent after that. And I mean, RPI really, you know, didn't have a great year, but Hey, they, they, and they end up, you know, ended up you know, not losing the union all year. You, you know, mayor's cup, obviously union won the mayor's cup. That's that side of the shootout and shootouts don't count in the records. But uh, I mean, RPI has got to be feeling good about themselves heading into you for, for the first time in a long time. They really do, and a lot of that is based on just how they're playing in four games. And granted, it's a small sample, but um, you know, Dave Smith is really happy with his offense right now. In fact, he, he ticked off pretty much every category that he's happy with, except for their five-on-five defense. And uh, you know, I was just checking; they're number two in the country in power play percentage at forty percent right now. So that sucker's really clicking. And they're 14th in, in penalty kill, which is nothing to sneeze at. So Union is really, you know, for a team that is, I think they're 7.4% on the power play right now. Um, they need to stay out of the box, and they need to, when, when they have a man advantage, they, 
they got to really figure out how to score, which, you know, is just going to be the running theme for a long team. I want to go back to what you were saying about last year's series. It's not overstating how much damage those two RPI games did because Union was really on the bubble um, for a few nice things in the pairwise at the end of the year. And with those two under, you know, maybe at least splitting that series under their belt, it, you know, they, it wouldn't have been such a bubble situation, you know, getting toward the end of the season. It's still a team that won 20 games, losing two when they were, you know, on fire early in the season to their, their crosstown rival rival that was, you know, kind of still in rebuilding mode. And of course losing the Browns a few times didn't help either, but that's another subject we'll get for to that day. eventually <laughs> this year. What does Union have to do to maybe not just win, but just get back on track, get back to what they say as Union hockey? Um, one thing Brandon Estes, our junior defenseman, said to me yesterday was they need to simplify things on like the defensive end. Um, because that was supposed to be their stalwart thing that they could lean on, that and their goalie, Darian Hansen. And, you know, they, we, we saw the BU game, how mightily they struggled just on breakouts and exits out of their zone. And the, the puck possession was just a total 45-degree angle tilt in favor of uh, BU. Um, if they start there, then the other stuff, you know, theoretically is going to come. I mean, it sounds like a boring, not sexy um, explanation or, or, or theory on, you know, what they need to do. But I, I think if they start there, um, I don't think it would hurt if the little emotion crept in uh, this weekend for them, because as um, I think it was Patrick Polino said to us uh, yesterday from RPI, he said, you know, a desperate team is dangerous because for one thing, they're, they're just going nuts to the wall and they're, they're uh, unpredictable and, and just trying to create chaos. And sometimes, when you're trying to stick to your systems, you know, unpredictability can can be something difficult to uh, to counteract, especially when the, the other team is kind of playing with nothing to lose. But the other thing with Union is it seems like when they get behind, they don't have the emotion to get back in. They seem to just accept their fate. Is that Do you see that? Yeah, I don't know about that necessarily. And, and Rick has said consistently all along, he doesn't see like heads drooping or anything like that. And and if that's going to be an issue in in the RPI games this weekend, you got some serious serious problems. But so far, there's been no evidence of that. Darian Hansen has been giving up a ton of goals, uh, relatively speaking, for what his standards are. But he hasn't dropped his head. A lot of that is is because he's the co-captain and he can't show that face to the to the rest of the team, or they're really gonna, you know, they're gonna fall behind him. Um, but he's just naturally not like that anyway, which is why he's cap co-captain in the first place too. So now nah, I don't think, I mean, it's also still early and they still, you know, when a team is really struggling early, you have this constant like moving of the goalpost of like, well, let's just see how we do in the conference. And, you know, as Rick pointed out, we still have 22 conference games left. Um, so you can kind of like re shift your your expectations maybe not your standard but certainly certainly your expectations uh so that that'll probably be an ongoing thing you know depending on how they do you know earlier you know with these other non-conference games certainly okay well coming up we'll get the union side of the route seven rivalry uh, with interviews with head coach rick bennett and junior goalie darian hansen you're listening to the parting shots podcast available on apple Podcasts and spotify just <laughs> I'm choking. <laughs> I'm doing a joke today. Subscribe today.
Hi, this is Hunter Moffat, founder and CEO of Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Our app is a community connecting like-minded athletes, families, and sports affiliates for their specific needs. Positive form of social media designed for long-term success. We have a template for users to easily curate, track, record, and grow their statistics and social multimedia content in one digital profile. Create, connect, and promote your brand. Think Instagram for athletes. Notable Trophy Case team members include Ron Jaworski, former NFL quarterback and founder of Jaws Youth Playbook, who says, Throughout my success in the sports world, I believe Trophy Case can bring value to many different levels of athletes and unrepresented sports. This platform will level the playing field for athletes at the beginning of their career with technology for generations to come. You can download the Trophy Case app and the Apple Store and Google Play. Send us your feedback. Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Get it today. Back on the Party Shots podcast. No, I'm not coughing anymore. What a relief. <laughs> Along with Mike McGann, I'm Ken Shot. Uh, Union coach Rick Bennett met the media on Thursday to talk about the games against RPI. Here's what he had to say. Rick, for the uh, first time maybe in several years, it's uh, RPI seems to be the favorite going into this weekend, you know, considering where you guys are on 6 they're 2-2. Two and two. How, how do you see that? And is that a good thing? I, <laughs> I'd rather be on the other end. Um, but... This is just a little bit of a role reversal. Um, it is what it is, and you know what? We'll find out tomorrow. What? I know that the schedule hasn't been the easiest, but you don't use that as an excuse. But if you had to put your finger on what, if there's one thing that really sticks out to you that your team hasn't done right in your eyes, what is it? Oh, we just haven't been consistent. You know, for three periods, um, and we showed some pretty good signs against uh, Northeastern, and then we kind of we we had it going into you know the first game versus UMass, and then we kind of imploded there a bit. But again, those are going to be learning learning curve experiences, and that's hopefully we've fixed that kind of going into this weekend. Is RPI? I guess. Can't get the juices going for that one. Might as well get out of the room, right? Yeah, I, I think I'll I'll save that speech. But yeah, it is. Uh, you know, if you need extra motivation, uh, I don't think the coaches need to do uh, handstands in the locker room to get them going. So, and I'm not even sure our coaching staff could do that. So they're on their own with that. Do you like opening conference play against them? You, know, you don't need extra motivation, but still a way to kind of see where your team's at. Yeah, it just kind of, you know, who, who knows? I mean, it, we could be playing Harvard or Dartmouth. It doesn't matter. It's You get 22 league games. Uh, just happens to be RPI for the first two and just kind of the way it's always kind of played out because uh, we don't want to lose, you know, we want to have the students here for this series. Um, and that's kind of the way it's always been set. Is this a better RPI team offensively you've seen in the last few years? You know, based on film, yes. Watched watched them three times, and have proven that yes, they have some more you know explosive scores in there. The freshmen look good, you know, up front and on the back end. So yeah, it's they 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 do have more you know firepower. 
might seem like the dumbest question in history, but how, <laughs> ba how bad does this team need a win? You know, it's haven't even you know even thought about it. I want we want to play the right way. You know, for three periods, kind of tail off your first question. You know, about being consistent, and you know that's to me it's the hardest thing in, in probably sports is to be consistent. You know, this program has been consistent, and this year it's uh, hasn't started off that way. But a lot of games to go, a lot of practices to go. You know, to work on it, and that's what we're trying to do. Has this team played well enough to have a win? I felt, I felt uh, for the Northeastern games, yes. Even for a bit of the Army game, uh, the other three, no. I don't think we earned it. Um, I thought the Northeastern weekend that we did give ourselves, you know, gave, you know, gave ourselves a chance, and. You know, that's that's where we're at. What about your team's offense? I mean, they really didn't generate much way of shots and goals over the weekend at UMass. Uh, it's, it seems like this has been a early season problem with the offense. You know, it's it's funny. If you're not at the games, then you wouldn't know. But being at the games and having the, the luxury of reviewing those games on film, we had more chances against UMass Amherst than we did against Northeastern. So we just didn't put them in the back of the net. And that's just been a work in progress. It's something that we've worked on in practice. So, you know, it's going to break. You just don't know when. But these guys just got to keep at it. And number one is you got to hit the net. You know, if you don't, you don't give yourself a chance whatsoever. And a lot of the times you're just back checking. So that's the message. Coach, not that you forget about the first six games because you want to use those as learning experiences, but do you? Do you consider this a fresh slate, knowing this is kind of the stuff that counts and will get you to where you want to be? Yeah, it is a fresh slate uh, as far as the ECAC play is concerned, and that's how we're looking at it. We haven't even talked about it much, if at all. We'll talk about it a little bit today during you know pre-scout, but that's be the first time we even mention the name RPI. Um, it's just more about us, um, but we do want to you know we do want to use those six games that we just played previously to learn from. Mike, as you said, you had a chance to speak with uh, Rick one-on-one. -on -one. What were your impressions with the interview, and uh, where's his uh, head at right now? Well, one thing I said, uh, you know, I brought up was the fact that, you know, this is a proud program. They've had a lot of success through the years, and they fully knew going into the season that it was going to be rough sledding the whole way. But once you get into the midst of it, and reality sets in and you're actually experiencing it, how, you know, does anything change or how does that feel? And he said, you can brace yourself for it all you want, but it's still an uncomfortable feeling once you're in the middle of it. And, you know, I think I hate to say that this weekend is going to be maybe a, um, a crossroads or a turning point for them, but man, just winning one of these would really do a world of good for this team in, in a lot of ways. We also had a chance to speak with uh, goaltender Darren Hansen. Uh, here's that interview. Just um, give, give us some general takeaways from the UMass weekend, first of all. Uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> um, obviously, right. the, the result was bad. It, it's frustrating for us because, you know, we thought after the first weekend going to the Northeastern weekend, we kind of, you know, made some progress. And then uh, going into UMass, thought we took a setback. Um, granted, that's a really, really good team. Right. And... Uh, 
or they're a bit older. And um, you know, they uh, they showed us you know, what a national championship caliber team looks like, and you know, it, it sucks from that past weekend that having gone the way it did. But at the same time, uh, you know, having played UMass twice, you know, BU and North Eastern, now there's gonna be no surprises for our team. So. Uh, you know, it's tough to stay positive after the you know the start we had, but we're trying to do that. Um, I'm thinking that you know in the future playing teams like this and you know facing adversity early, we're hoping we can uh, make some good out of it. When you say it's tough to stay positive, is part of that rooted in the fact that I mean, 0 and six as bad as that is, but I mean, you guys are really still getting outshot by a huge uh, margin. Um, is it frustrating because? You know, a bunch of these games you didn't seem like you were really in them, certainly not in the third quarter, mm. uh, third period. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is frustrating, but it, mostly just because we're, you know, we're competitors and we want to win. Um, but, uh, you know, this is what we got, and feeling sorry for ourselves isn't going to get us anywhere. Um, so, you know, for us, we just you, you got to stay positive otherwise you're just going to be miserable, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, the guys, we're not, we're not too down. Um, we're, we're still working hard, and we still think that in the coming weeks it's going to get better. Now specifically the Friday game, you guys were just only down 2-1, and then you guys gave one up with 10 seconds left in the second period, mm-hmm. You know, and I know they scored a couple quickies in the third period, but how, you know, can you walk us through how that goal happened and not having seen the game, the, the one that made it 3-1 where it was like, and how kind of that maybe crushing is too melodramatic of a word, but how much does that kind of suck the momentum out of whatever you guys might have had going into the locker room? Uh, yeah, it, it's killer. Um, I know for us as a team personally, uh, we pride ourselves in trying to win the first three minutes of a period and the last three minutes of a period. And uh, we did a horrible job at that this weekend. I think they scored in the first or first three of the last three, four times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that, that goal in the second, you're right, it was a 2-1 game. Um, going into the third, down one, it's way different than going down 3-1, especially in their barn at a number four team in the country. It's, uh, like I said, killer. Um, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember the play, I think it was just after a four-on-four. Um, they both got their guys back out into the ice, and I think maybe... Um, Maybe there was some confusion in the D zone after that because I know you play four and four a little right. different from five and five. I know watching it over though too, uh, you know it's defensively we got beat back to the net, um, which is uh, something we're really trying to clean up. And um, with that, if we do clean it up, the shots on goal should eventually start to go down. So, um, but I think you, for us, you still have to remember that like that's a team that's going to put up 40 shots on goal probably on half the teams they play this year so just trying to put that into perspective uh you know just you know stay positive with that so um but no defensively that's something that's an area we're really trying to clean up and what did rick say to you when he pulled you with like four minutes left and you know how did you feel about that um he didn't say much he just said that you know just uh there's a lot that goes into it. Um, right. Obviously, the game's far out of reach. Uh, they are pressing. You said, you know, you, you could just, you, you could be done. You get uh, Merrick in there. You know, he's a kid that's working really hard, um, staying after practice. So he he, he earns he earned that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wasn't upset with it. No, any time like that, I see Merrick get in there and get some minutes. Uh, I felt good for him. And it sucks that he got scored on, but.
you know, that's just how it is sometimes. So, um, but no, no, I wasn't upset, upset mm-hmm. with that at all. If, from your end of the ice, have you seen when you guys are on offense? You see any evidence that the the forwards or whoever is is maybe holding the stick a little tighter and being a little too fine with their shots? Or, or I mean, what can you see from your end that, um, that might explain you know why the offense has really been struggling? Um, you know what? That's that's a kind of a tough question for me to ask because you know, as a goalie, I've never spent one second in the <laughs> offensive zone. Right. Um, you know it. There, there are a couple of things that I see that, you know, it it seems kind of like guys are struggling to get, you know, garbage goals. I think we're maybe being a little bit too cute. And that's something Coach Rick is uh, kind of emphasizing in practice this week. I know yesterday was kind of more of a battle day to maybe, you know, get guys used to scoring again. Um, so we're obviously a team that's not going to be you know, coming in two on ones every other period. You know, mm-hmm. shooting a top shelf, the pretty goals, things like that. We got to, we got to get it dirty. Um, I think another thing that will help that is I think uh, our D men. You know, I think they got to start getting a little bit more pucks on net, kind of helping our forwards out. So, at the end of the day, it's a, you know, it's a whole. Uh, it's us all as a whole working in the offensive zone. So, um, uh, like I said, it's something that we have to work on. Um, maybe just getting a little bit more gritty. Uh, and it's a process, and like I said, hopefully now that uh, we're not playing teams that we spend some so much time in our D zone that maybe you know that the forwards can start get get going a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers tell one part of the story, but can you just assess how you personally feel like you've played over the first six games? Uh, I think I've I think I've been fine. Um, I'm happy with the way I played. Uh, Ten goals in a weekend is tough, obviously, and numbers aren't good, but. You know, I thought I still had a lot of big saves. I didn't really have an issue with any of the goals I let up. Um, just speaking but, specifically about last weekend, you mean? Uh, or, oh yeah, just yeah. last week. I had, right. I had a, um, the only real, I, I was kind of frustrated with a few in the BU game. Then right. obviously I was frustrated with the Saturday Northeastern game. Um, but otherwise, no, I thought, I think, I, you know, I, I've been doing my job. Um with that being said, though, it doesn't mean that I can't be better. Uh, you know, it seems like this year on this team that I'm going to need to have some games where, you know, if we are getting 30-plus shots and not letting in five goals if we want to have a chance to win. Um, but uh, like I said, for, for me, you know, I'm just still trying to maybe get, you know, uh, hit my stride a little bit. And uh, we'll see. You know, I, I think, uh, I think uh, still, my best is still yet to come. How much pressure is there on you to play well for this team to have a chance to win on any given night, especially since, I guess, Garrett Nieto has been out of, out of the lineup for, uh, since the um, year? Yeah, I think there's a lot. There's not a lot of room for error. Um, no, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and pretend it's anything different than it is. I know that I'm going to have to be the best player on the ice every time that we go out there. But that you know, pressure-wise, it's... You know, it's not too much different. Usually, the goalie always has to be the best player when they go out there. You know, so kind of like a pitcher in baseball. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, just the trick is, is just trying not to look at it like that. Um, I haven't put any added pressure on myself because uh, at the end of the day, it's still just hockey, and you just try to make the saves you can. And um, I haven't really struggled with that. You know, the pressure aspect of it so far. So, are you guys the underdogs against RPI coming into this weekend? 
Um, no, I don't think any team is ever an underdog going into this weekend. You look at us last year, we had lost two games, and that pretty sure we were favored to win those by a lot. So, <laughs> right. you know, playing these guys, it, it's always fun because it's just, you know, such an intense rivalry, and the games are always a dog fight. Um, I don't care like, if we're the first team in the country or 60th and vice versa, whatever they are. Uh, uh, it's always going to be a good game. Um, I'm excited. It looks like that program's taking steps in the right direction. Um, you know, they got some kids that can play. So uh, at the same time, though, too, I still think it's a very winnable game for us, and that's how we're looking at it. And obviously um, it's almost a must-win at this point for us. You know what I mean? So this week in practice, we're... Uh, really gonna have to bear down and we're gonna have to bring it this weekend the last time you played them obviously was the mayor's cup though what what are some of your memories of that game that amazing uh zero zero uh, the shootout <laughs> obviously winning in the shootout was pretty cool um otherwise uh the other memory is that the original game time got canceled because of the snow <laughs> thanks for reminding <laughs> yeah. me yeah <laughs> we talked about that for like two weeks i remember it being a little bit more empty than it was my freshman year because of the snow yeah um another memory is uh probably that was uh uh, Owen Savory, he played out of his mind that game. I think he had, what, like 42 save shutout or something like that. Um, kind of looking back at that, to, for us to still win a game and a trophy like that when the goalie plays that well is, you know, pretty crazy. So, uh, obviously, it's it's really cool to win that game. Um, and uh, I'm sure they remember it. But at the same time, though, too, we also remember the capital skates from last weekend. So I think this will, this is going to be a, a, a really fun weekend for both teams. Is it? Will the freshmen be able to have any appreciation for the rivalry at all? Because they, this will be their first shot at it. And will you guys say anything about it? Or is that just sort of speak say, for itself? Yeah, no, I'm not sure if they have the appreciation for it. But we're going to tell them, you know. <laughs> um, like it, it, it matters. It really does. And that's they need to understand that if they want to, you know, compete in this weekend. Because, uh, like I said, it's just, it's just such a heated rivalry. And every game's a dogfight, like I said earlier, too. So we're for sure going to be telling them that this isn't, this isn't a normal weekend, you know. So uh, hopefully that, you know, resonates with them and they, they you know, they bring that intensity. And one last thing, is there a little extra trash talk component to this game when you play against these guys? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not for me personally. I'm probably <laughs> the nicest guy ever on the ice. So I, I, I've, I've the never... receiving end, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I I, don't, I can't remember these guys being ultra mean to me in in the past. But uh, no, yeah. I, I, usually, it's like I said, I'm, I'm the one that if I get hit, I ask the guy who hit me uh, if he's okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm sure there is for some players. Uh, yeah. So, all right, terrific. Well, Mike Darian seems to be optimistic that things can change, and uh, yeah, he's not losing any confidence. No, confidence is never going to be a problem for him. Um, however, universally, it is frustrating for these guys because, you know, this, again, tracing back to the expectations, maybe they were low for the season, but that doesn't mean they don't want to win every chance they can get. So, um, But, it, you know, we already mentioned it. This team's going to follow his and Vascoliath's lead, and they're both pretty positive people and, and approachable for the team and, and good talkers, and, and, you know, they really – it was a, a good move by Bennett to to make those guys be the face of the team, essentially, because they you know they wear it well and, and they're very comfortable in those roles. Well, coming up, we'll get the RPI side of the rivalry with head coach Dave Smith and senior captain Will Riley. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast 
available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Hey, pro football fans. It's time again to match which with other pro football fans and win a prize by playing the Daily Gazette's You Pick 'em football game, sponsored by River Sportsbook. To play, go to dailygazette.com slash football and make your picks before the first game kicks off each week. If you have the most weekly points, you earn a $100 gift card to ShopRite. Play every week, and you can win the grand prize of $1,000. Play the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em football game, sponsored by River Sportsbook, at dailygazette.com slash football. Back on the Barney Shots podcast, I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott, along with Union Beat writer Mike McAdam. Thanks for joining us. Mike and I were at RPI on Wednesday. We were part of the media scrum with head coach Dave Smith and senior captain Will Riley. Smith is, is in the third year. Dave, uh, last year at this time, you guys were a winless team. Union was uh, rolling. This year is a different story. You guys are 2-2 two and two and playing well, and our Union's 0-6. Do you guys consider yourselves maybe the first time in years the favorites for this uh, weekend against Union? I don't look at it as a favorite. I look at it as a rivalry weekend. Um, again, the experiences that we had last year are part of it for both teams, but also the experiences that both teams have had up till now in this season uh, help create the focus and the energy that's going to go into Friday night. So um, the past is important if you learn from it. Um, I think we, we have recent experience and last year's experience to know that we're, we've got to be ready. Will, will you say to your team, don't look at Union's record, or do you feel like they can figure that out for themselves? We, we just went through an experience with UConn that we, we played well and beat them on a Saturday night, and they had six days to prepare and focus on getting their first win of the season, um, and they came into our building and did that. And that's a very recent experience that we can draw upon with the added knowledge that we, we, we do know what Union has done. We know the, who they've played. We know how close the scores have been. Um, you know, we, we know what's been happening. So let's learn from our experience against UConn and be ready. How much have you been able to see on Union, and what do you take away from their record right now, you know, an 16 that lost to UMass twice? Yeah, we, we've seen every game they've played, every power play, every penalty kill. That's the... The wonderful, wonderful world of video exchange. So there should be no surprises. Um, I take away more from how Coach Bennett has his guys play hard than I do their 0-6 record. Does it surprise you how much we're struggling offensively? You know what? Nothing surprises me in this game. I mean, sometimes it's uh, – I know they've had a couple key injuries and it's just a matter of youth getting the experience. And, you know, I don't think there's any magic formula – that uh, would say, well, this is surprising. Um, I know how hard they work. I know how physical they, they are and how Coach Bennett demands uh, that they play the right way. Coach, your top line with Polino last weekend was so good. Can you, I guess, expose their front line because they are so young? You know, I'm not – I, I want to focus on our guys, and I would say Saturday night our top line was Morello, Jerry, and Polino. Um, on the Friday night we had a different line that – played the best and for us we need everybody to play well and when uh, our top scorers or who people think 
are the top scorers aren't playing, we need to rely on the next guy up to, to produce. I know you played UConn back-to-back -back games, but you did have those five days in between. So this is kind of your first true series back-to-back uh, -back nights against the same team. Yeah. How do you approach, it, approach that any, any differently? Yeah, actually really no differently. It, uh, it just the, the pre-scout for a five-day layoff um, is different because it was the same opponent. But we'll play the same opponent with a 24-hour second game pre-scout but um we'll, we'll, we won't be surprised again our our coaching staff and video guys will have that everything from friday night done you know by 10 10 30 so we'll, we'll turn around and watch that quick you split the uh, goaltending duties the first four games uh, who do you have playing to start on friday night yeah one of those two guys will play <laughs> you talk we talk about the goaltending we talk about the lines we talk about cohesion and mixing a lot of that lineup is there going to still be mixing up going into Union? Well, I don't think we're um, I don't think we're done evolving both as individuals on the ice and as a as a team, or definitely not as lines. So um, when we move guys, it's for a reason. Um, trying to find a little bit more, or just something a little bit different, and uh, you know we'll we'll see where it falls because there's competition. You know, we just finished practice today, and there's competition today, and and every day is a opportunity for us to to think about something new you see a little chemistry you want to try it so um, those will continue to evolve um, probably forever when you do get around to picking a goalie what factors are behind good question to drive that decision <laughs> well I, I think um, there, there's a lot of factors that, that drive the decision it's the it's the recent history it's the past history um, it's the uh, the, who's performing well in practice, who uh, looks emotionally and physically ready, and who we think gives us the best chance to win. Yeah, when you say history, the last time you guys played Owen and had the shutout 0-0 in the Mayor's Cup, so will that be something that is in the equation? Yeah, that, that's, that's something that's in the equation. Again, since I think that was January 26th last year, I think we've played probably 14 or 15 games. That also goes into the history, as well as all the practices we've had between you know August 10th when we got back and, and this Thursday. In general, are, it's a small sample size with just four games, but are you happy with your offensive production and your ability to put the puck in the net so far? Yeah, I'm really happy with... Um, Almost all of our statistical categories, except the, the team defense, we've given up uh, more five-on-five five goals than, than we would have liked. I think our penalty kill is the numbers are excellent, the power play, the goals for. So um, those things are sometimes like a roller coaster, but right now we're on a real, uh, a real good high on those. How does the power play stay consistent? I mean, it was last time I looked, it was one of the top ten in the country. I mean, where, what do you have to do to keep it up there for all season? Well, I, I think... You're seeing some of those trends already with the consistency of personnel, um, not only from weekend to weekend, but uh, from last year to this year, especially with our with our first unit, we put a different guy up at the top. But um, it's a consistency of the language. Coach Weber's working with the power play, and um, I think you're seeing the maturity of the individuals. The real test comes when you don't score on one or you don't score on a couple or you're 0 for 4 and you need one to win a game. I mean, the power play, the percentage is nice, but when you score those, and our timely scoring on the power play has been excellent this year. Riley has two goals and two assists so far this season. Here are his thoughts on this weekend's games. Well, it's a little bit of a different uh, 
challenge this year. You guys uh, coming in two and two, Union zero and six. You know, last year you guys were the team with the uh, without a win going in this year, ended up you know sweeping both games. Do you guys feel this year that you guys are the favorite over Union? Um, I guess you could say that in terms of uh, what's happened already this year, but we know, just like you said, last year we were sort of the underdogs and we came in and swept them, so we're, uh, we're preparing for their best and uh, we're going to give them our best for sure. Do you not put as much into their record seeing who they've played? I mean, they've played four of those games have been ranked teams. Uh, yeah, we don't put anything into their record. Um, you know, we're going to focus on our game. Obviously, they've struggled to start the season, but... Uh, it's the Crosstown rivalry game, so we're going to see their best for sure. Are you surprised how much they've struggled, especially on the offensive side? Um, I don't know. I think they lost a lot of their top guys from last year from what from what I've seen. So uh, I think it's going to take them a little bit to get going. But uh, we know that we're going to see their best on Friday and Saturday. What's it like playing in that barn? Uh, it's great. I think uh, it's a little bit smaller than our rink, but they pack it. And uh, you know, for our game, especially uh, all three years I've been there, it's been it's been rocking. So it's, I expect the same. Will the older guys explain to the younger guys, the first-year guys, you know, what this rivalry is, what's behind it, and what it means, um, and why it may, maybe it's a little different than other opponents that you guys see regularly? Yeah, I think uh, I think that most of the freshmen sort of know the rivalry. Um, I think when they get recruited here, that's sort of a big uh, thing that you notice, the union rivalry. But, um, you know, for us, every game is really important. But obviously this weekend's sort of the, the biggest two games in our schedule, so they're going to be ready. Are they dangerous just because they're 0 and 6? I know the record says certain things about them, but they have to be a little extra hungry for a win. You would, you would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, obviously they've really struggled to start off the season, and um, coming into the series versus us, you know, we're you know thinking about the Union series, you know, all the time, and they're thinking about the RPI series. So we know we're going to see their best. So uh, we just have to be ready. What would it mean to repeat? Is the Capital Skate Classics uh, trophy winner? Oh, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I think uh, no, nobody in our locker room wants to give those skates back, so uh, we're just focused on that. Well, I know you said it may take them a little while offensively to come around. I think part of that's obviously because they're so young, but can you guys take advantage of that as a defense, just knowing that you've got the experience on your side? Yeah, that's the plan. I think, obviously, uh, we have a really uh, old decor this year, I guess you could say. And uh, going against some young forwards, I think we're going to have to use our experience and, uh, you know, just use it and try to be our best. You bring up the decor. Can you talk about kind of the shuffling going on right now with defense? You know, one night you're playing with Shane, the next night you're playing with Simon. Senior, freshman, there's a lot of interaction going on right now. Yeah, I think uh, obviously we have 70 in the lineup every night, so everyone's going to be playing with different guys. But um, in terms of who I'm playing with, I don't really uh, think it matters. I think uh, we can all play with each other. So um, in terms of that, I don't think it makes a huge difference. Well, I think I get the feeling RPI is going into this weekend with some confidence. As you mentioned earlier, that Dave Smith likes what his offense is doing. Why shouldn't they be really? And they, you know, they've been they've split two games. Um, uh, you know, they're clicking in in just about every de- uh, department, other than five on five defense. Um, we're gonna we're already seeing the impact that their three transfers that could only play the second half of uh, last season are, are having on the lineup, uh, particularly Chase Zeke, who's uh, you know consider the you know the front runner to be their leading goal scorer this year um so they got a lot of stuff not only that they you know we were kind of expecting owen savory to be the you know the go-to guy in goal but linda marshall's played two games already as well and and dave smith didn't you know he didn't want to say who was definitely going to be in there and it comes down to 
you know, practice and, and recent history and past history and everything. Based on that, maybe he goes with Savory first because, you know, he had his first uh, college shutout last year in that 0-0 Mayor's Cup game that Union won in the shootout. Um, but who knows? Um, and like I said, they got a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of things that's working for them. And, you know, that's kind of a situation where maybe one department isn't all that great in a, in a given game. At least you got a couple other things you can lean on. You know, it's a position that Union really isn't in right now. My gut feeling he goes with Savory. I, that, yeah, me too. I believe so. I mean, I, I think Savory is kind of the man, if not in all capital letters, the man. But um, I think he's the guy that, that they're interested in using for the most part. But, you know, if Lyndon Marshall's playing well enough, um, you know, it, it behooves them to maybe, you know, throw him out there and give him some ice time too. Well, we'll answer your questions about Union Hockey and this weekend's series. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hi, this is Hunter Moffitt, founder and CEO of Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Our app is a community connecting like-minded athletes, families, and sports affiliates for their specific needs. Positive form of social media designed for long-term success. We have a template for users to easily curate, track, record, and grow their statistics and social multimedia content in one digital profile. Create, connect, and promote your brand. Think Instagram for athletics. Notable Trophy Case team members include Dan Nolan, President and CEO of Hugh Johnson Advisors, owner of the Albany Empire, who says, Trophy Case is an innovative platform that has great potential for athletes. Nolan said, The feedback and experience brings value to athletes, parents, and sports affiliates in one network. I simply think of this as a combination of Instagram and LinkedIn for athletes. You can download the Trophy Case app at the Apple Store and Google Play. Send us your feedback. Trophy Case, the app created for athletes, by athletes. Get it today. Back on the Party Shots podcast, and this segment, we'd like to answer your questions about union hockey. And uh, I posted some uh, people had questions on the, one of the Facebook pages of Union College Hockey, and some fans uh, posted their questions there. Uh, Fran Preglisi asked, uh, it's a tough early season schedule, especially with so many freshmen on the roster. Do you see hope? Um, yeah, sure, I do. I mean, I think you see certain flashes of from the freshmen. Um they, they are lacking in veteran experience. And the other thing that, you know, really could benefit Union is if at some point this season they get Jack Adams and Parker Fu back, but there's absolutely no guarantee that they're going to be back. And even if they do, how long it'll take them to shake off their rust. Um, they, you know, we might not see them all year. No matter what, they're out indefinitely. And, and it's kind of a see you when I see you type of situation, um, you know. So you can't hold your breath on either of those two guys. Um but, yeah, you know, there's some interesting freshmen. I mean, Dylan Anhorn, for one, has played every game. He's the only defenseman among the freshman class who's been in there every every game. You know, Christian Sanda, we've already written about and talked about his his skating and scoring ability. Um, there's a couple other guys that 
that have been in the lineup pretty consistently that have shown little flashes. So, there, you know, it's not <laughs> – there is no hope kind of situation. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to be the case with some teams, but um, uh, certainly not this one. But, you know – maybe what you hope for is different than, you know, other, you know, other seasons under different circumstances. Maybe in this case, you hope for this team to at least figure out a way by the end of the year to be an interesting team and a team that's, you know, not an easy out for the rest of the ECAC for sure. Yeah. You mentioned Parker Fu, a couple of people, including Benjamin Monica McCarthy was asking what his status was. It was we don't really. Don't yeah. I mean, it, it, we're under the understanding that he had a shoulder injury and that, you know, he hasn't been skating or dressed or doing really doing anything except rehabbing. Yeah. And, you know, the same same as the case with Jack Adams. So it's again, it's a see you when I see you. if, you know, I talked to Rick a little bit about the whole redshirt situation, but that's a moot point at Union, where which is a four year school. So they have no grad program. So if these guys sit the year or redshirt, or try to pull one, any extra eligibility that they would gain, they would not be able to use at Union. They wind up transferring, you know, somewhere else anyway, because it the option doesn't even exist there. So lost time is lost time with both of those kids. Yeah, we should say we both were over at Union um, on Tuesday. We happened to see Parker from the trainer's room. Right. Just said hello, but that was about it. We really could say to him. Yeah, I think that's where he spent most of his time. And, you know, it's a shame for him and it's a shame for the team because he, he would have been a very useful scorer for them. But in the meantime, they just, they just got to play with the cards that are dealt. Peter Grux asking, what is the story with Matt Allen and Drew Blackman? Are they impact players? Um, Matt Allen remains to be seen. He's been in the lineup twice, um, as well as Drew, Drew Blackman, who's in a different situation because he is a transfer and he's here this year and, and assuming next year too. Um, so they've both been played in two of the six games. Um, you know, Allen, I think if he's got some level of talent, he has more potential to get more ice time by the end of the year. Drew Blackman, it's just going to be kind of an ongoing thing, depending on how he practices and, and who all else is available. Um, in the meantime, you know, going back to the freshman situation, which you can lump Matt Allen in with that, you know, Rick was telling me this week that, you know, just scoring a goal might be good enough to get you in the next game if yeah. you're a freshman right now. You have to provide value and, and put the puck in the net. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, he usually factors in a million different things, like very importantly, practice time, depending on who's going to address any given game. But I'm thinking right now, if a, if a freshman scores in one game, it's almost like a lock that they're going to be in the next yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, Jared LaCour wrote when I posted my predictions, I only had Union scoring one goal all weekend getting and getting outscored 10 to 1. Uh, Jared uh, wrote, I don't see us getting outscored 10 to 1. We have not played well, but RPI isn't Northeastern or UMass, which I replied, we shall see. Wait, the prediction was for last week's no, game? No, this, this, this coming week. Weekend, this, you're, yeah. So you're saying they're only going to score one yeah, goal? Yeah. Hmm, you might have to put a little. They only here. scored one last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get into the prediction game. You will not you will not <laughs> so you're not get into that fishing net, but there, there might have to be like a soda wager or something on, <laughs> on the over-under on how many they'll score. Yeah. Um, so, uh, of course, uh, Harvey Kagan chime in with a couple of questions. One question we already asked about Parker Fu. He answered right. that already. Uh, he says, after a disastrous start against elite competition, this weekend's games against RPI take on addict, addict uh, significance. Two wins would start us with – start Union, though, which is not – he writes us, so, of course, I will say Union. Right. With four points in ECACH competition and reset the year. The boys looked like they were overwhelmed against UMass last week. They need a good dose of confidence. This is a week that will take uh, the best coaching comments. Yeah, I mean, um, 
they just need one win right now. I, you know, I, I think they're getting a little ahead of themselves if they're thinking about a four-point weekend. That's certainly something Rick is going to um, rein them in on that kind of thought process. They're not. They just need a win. They need to maximize. They they, they were worried about Friday. Um, you know, they have Canisius, which looks like a vulnerable opponent. Come, uh, you know, that they'll be playing out in, in Buffalo. Um, it, it's it's a weird thing where you're kind of like don't look ahead to a certain opponent and, but maybe in the back of their minds, they are looking at Canisius a little yeah. bit team that um, RPI has already beaten pretty well. Um, but man, I, you know, they, you can't get too ahead of yourself in terms of like getting greedy for points and stuff like that. This, this team just desperately needs, you know, with a junky goal off a defenseman's leg, you know, kind of yeah. thing where, you know, a one goal game that's ugly and it doesn't matter. You know, it's not a beauty contest. Just get a win somehow. I think that just getting one will really um, do a lot for this team. And Harvey also says, uh, despite the dismal start, several freshmen have shown signs of future potential. He mentions Christian Sanda, Dylan Anhorn, yeah. Liam Robertson, Gabe Seeger. Should I say Gabe? Don't call me Bob Seeger. <laughs> Well, you can call him Gabriel, too. Which... Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chaz uh, Smedzrud. Yep. Uh, if Flash is also sophomore, Sam Morton looks to be ready to take a big step. Yeah, Rick mentioned Sam and, um, and Rinaldi when he was talking about the scoring chance thing um, last weekend. And I, I think specifically the power play, Sam Morton and uh, uh, Rinaldi, um, you know, not to get away from the freshman theme, but they, they were the ones. Now, I, I did bring up Seeger a little bit. Um, I can't remember why, but, um, uh, Oh, do you like to I, watch him strut? No, no, no. Um, no, the reason I brought him up, the reason his name came up was because I was, I asked Rick if, you know, if there was a situation this year heading into the, you know, over the summer when he found out that Liam Morgan wasn't going to be here, is there a, you know, a 2000 kid who he called in the middle of the summer and said, Hey, um, we need you in here a year early. And, he, you know, which is what they, the situation with Ryan Sidorsky last year. Uh, on last year's team, he he was supposed to not come in until this year, but he came in a, a year early because they needed him. And at first, Rick said, "No, that actually there isn't really." And then he, he thought again. He said, "Actually, I think Gabriel Seeger might have been in a little bit of that situation." And he's been a pretty interesting. You know, obviously he hasn't been productive because nobody's been productive on this team. But he's been kind of an interesting. Uh, you know, I'd be interested to see. He's six four two sixteen. You know, he's got some good size. One thing. Rick mentioned about him was he's in a very similar situation as Sebastian Vidmar uh, the first half of his freshman year. I said, what's that specifically? And he said skating. He need, needs to get better at that, which is something that they work on at the beginning of practice every Monday. Um, so that was I, he wasn't saying he's another Sebastian Vidmar, but he, it sounded kind of like he's, he brings maybe some of the same tools and that he's kind of hampered by the same thing that Sebastian um, faced when, you know, the first half of his freshman year. I'll get my bad Bob Seeger puns with Gabe Seeger uh, once yeah, in a while. Yeah, keep him to yourself. <laughs> uh, um. Well, thanks for your questions and comments. If you'd like to submit a question or comment, you can email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. You can look for my weekly ECAC hockey faceoff selections at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. You can participate in the face-off selections by emailing your picks to shot at dailygazette.com. Sure, last chance? Oh, uh, I think at some point, Union, you know, they have the potential to not be skating against the wind uh, this season. So uh, when that happens, <laughs> I don't the know. Wind. There you go. <laughs> yeah, like, I had to take that low-hanging fruit. 
Like at first I thought of Main Street. I was like, no, nah, Union Union. No, no night, no <laughs> night moves, right? No. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Bob Seward. Apologies to you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for wrap. Thanks, uh, Mike. We'll do it then. Uh, we'll follow your coverage on uh, Twitter at Mike underscore McAdam and. Uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend. I'll see you guys next week for sure. That's right. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. And my thanks to Mike McAdam for coming on. And we'll do this again next week. The Parting Shots podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Download it today. Available for iOS and Android users in your app store. The Parting Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Slapshots on Twitter and Instagram. And as I mentioned, Mike is on Twitter at Mike underscore McAdam. The views expressed on the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. For Mike McAdam, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Good day, good hockey.